All right. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to Uncommon Sense. Um, this podcast is full of things uncommon, but nonetheless make a lot of sense. My name is Aime. Oh, no, I didn't have a, a thing prepared for this episode. Um, you prepare things? Uh, well, hey, Man, whoa. every time I'm just caught off guard. How dare you? <laughs> Oh, I meant I didn't mean I didn't mean like that. I mean, you know what I meant. I meant like I you prepare your lie or truth. And now you're calling me a liar. Oh, uh, you are you are <laughs> prepared liar, All right. are you? Alright. So you know how last week I said that I ate a blade of grass? One time I tried to eat a light bulb. That's uh, my that's my statement. I tried to eat a light bulb, yeah. Like crunch it I tried yeah. Mm-hmm. I attempted it. In uh, good faith. My name is Jerry, and I once squirted a bottle of Windex into my mouth. Oh, oh my god. Oh, it's just the blue Gatorade. Um, Alright, so everybody, JT is not going to be joining us today. Um, he's a, a, a bitch baby and had other obligations, so it's just going to be Jerry and I. We are duetting, he, and that's fine. He said that he needed to stand in a corner for at least a solid 20 hours today. You can't see it because this is all auditory, but JT is in fact standing in the corner of the room with a dunce cap on his head. And we're recording remotely, yeah. and somehow... He put it there himself. Uh, yeah. He's in the corner of both of our rooms right now. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's JT with a dunce cap on. He's, he's both in and not in this room at the same time. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, let's move on. So today we're going to cover current events like we always do. Uh, as usual, if you're familiar with the podcast or if you're not familiar with the podcast, I'm the person that typically comes in at least relatively informed <laughs> of the current political goings-on. Jerry. And I'm the other one. Yes. <laughs> Jerry represents the aggregate that... Uh, desires uh, to be informed he's like a newborn baby basically a blank slate man my neck if i was to support it on my own it would just break <laughs> ladies and gentlemen if you ever are in a position where you need to hold jerry please make sure you support his head I'm like a newborn <laughs> gotta watch out all right speaking like of babies weird... um speaking of babies donald trump was impeached for, <laughs> was impeached twice. Um, Seamless transition. Thank you. So the second impeachment trial just concluded, I think, two days ago. I don't know. It was, it, it was recent. I can't remember if it was yesterday, two days ago. Time is kind of blurry right now. Uh, I think we probably, Jerry, do you know why he was impeached a second time? I know you knew he was impeached a second time because we talked about it before, but do you know why? No. Okay, well. <laughs> Well, you recall on January 6th, there was an attempted insurrection at the U.S. Capitol where That's hundreds right. of people yeah, stormed Washington, D.C. in an attempt to find and uh, ostensibly assassinate the political figures who were moving forward with the certification of the Electoral College results, so on and so forth. So um, the, House, uh, the House managers drafted articles of impeachment uh, against the president for inciting an insurrection and they used things like his tweets and um secondhand testimonies from individuals that stated that he was happy that the insurrection was taking place that he did very little to control or stop it well he did actually pretty much nothing to control or stop it um, that he was aware that his constituents were in danger uh, and so on and so forth um and that his speeches uh, were sufficient contextualization for what had occurred so, 
this, uh, you know, the impeachment trial went on for a few days. Both sides presented their case. There were some, there were some moments, um, in particular, Donald Trump's uh, head lawyer, Mr. Vanderveen, was a comedic, uh, comedic pillar <laughs> for the for the trials. Um, okay. I'm not going to go too deeply into the specifics, but at the end of it all, Donald Trump was ultimately acquitted a second time. Was was Vanderveen the one who had some like words about Bernie Sanders? No. Is that right? There was like a politician, and I forget. Are we allowed to? Are we allowed to say curse words on here? I do not often. I yeah. feel like JT does. No, yeah, you can curse. Okay. Fuck. I, who was who was who was the po- yeah fuck who was <laughs> the politician that like called who said. I think it was something along the lines of, let the record show that I've never called Bernie Sanders a dumb slut. Uh, no way. <laughs> Wait, okay, I didn't see, I watched a lot of the trials, but I didn't see every second of it. But I feel like even if I had missed that, I would have seen people talking about it on Twitter or something. I, I, I keep on. up with current events in the Twitterverse. That, da, Bernie Sanders is a dumb slut would be one. trending. Hashtag Sanders dumb slut. I mean, it could I, be edited. It's one hundred percent possible. It's something Vanderveen would say for sure. <laughs> he I was mean, like, "Let the record show that I did not call Bernie Sanders a dumb slut," and Bernie was like, "I don't know how I'm supposed to take that." And I that think, was the entire um, video. I think um, Vanderveen's crowning uh, comedic moment throughout the whole thing was when he was bitching about. Um, the mishandling of depositions in the trial and he was like elizabeth warren i don't remember exactly who he said elizabeth warren miss kamala harris we should handle those depositions and they shouldn't be handled on a zoom call we did not do this trial on a zoom call those depositions should be handled in person in my office in philadelphia and that's pretty much how he said it um and the whole chamber philadelphia, philadelphia and the whole chamber erupted in very audible laughter which is an accomplishment because obviously the entire chamber isn't mic'd only the the dais is mic'd and but you could really hear how raucous the laughter was um and then he like walked away from the podium and he was all steaming and the president had to say that had to call the senate chamber back into order um and vanderveen came back and was like i've never laughed at any of you like he was so salty and upset and it was quite a quite a show i must say are you not able to find this Bernie Sanders dumb slut soundbite? I'm really trying. It was like a video. <laughs> for the impeachment trials? I don't know if it was for the impeachment trials. Sorry if you can but... hear typing noises. I really want I'm really curious about this now. Oh, oh, in <laughs> ignorance. Um, Senator Kennedy, hold on, let me play this. Hold on. Let me screen share. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. This is really funny. All right. Jerry uncovered a guy. I didn't know about this. I can't believe I didn't know about this. Jerry, are you watching? Yeah. To Senator Merkley. Senator Kennedy. Um, Ms. Tandon, congratulations. Um, I think we're both oh, aware. Somebody called Bernie Sanders an ignorant slut. position he is that you want to touch on just about every social and economic policy. I want to see if somebody has a timestamp. You, oh, you, you're probably no, also no. aware that we produce, uh, we meaning the United Was States, produce about 200,000, yeah, no, right or rather 2,000 metric tons 
of nuclear what? waste every year. I don't and, know. And uh, we've got it stored all over hell and so, half of Georgia. So about eighty different locations. So we're talking it's over it. I, I want to get to the point where he, where uh, he says like let the record show thoughts. But I never called Bernie Sanders thoughts. and uh, slut. personal thoughts about what we ought to do about that. I, I you know, I've studied various issues like what what do you think we ought if anything we ought to do we want it to be secure. We can agree on that. Oh this you guy, know? I know people can't see it, but this guy looks like the kind of person that would call Bernie Sanders an ignorant uh, slut. Let me ask you about... Uh, Why doesn't anybody have Sanders the timestamp in the comments? They failed question. me. Um, you were a very aggressive fundraiser for your, your think tank. Mm -hmm. and, and that's... I'm not suggesting you did anything. Uh, it looks um, like the context of this video is that Senator Kennedy is asking this other senator something about... That. Um, but th there will be a perception, I'm not saying it's reality, but as we know in government and politics, perception matters, but there will be a... She deleted some tweets. I'm not, I, really... I think you deleted about oh, maybe it's here. tweets. And it wasn't just about Republicans. And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. I think it's great. I mean, you call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. <laughs> that, that is not true. And when, when you, when okay, you this said is... these things, did you mean them? I would have said ignorant. He said everything but it. Oh, did you hear that? The guy in the back said, I want to say ignorant. Senator, I have to say, <laughs> the fuck? I deeply regret my comments. Yeah. Okay, that's not quite what I what it what what I thought. He was saying everything but an ignorant slut to the individual that just deleted her tweets or something. I guess it sounds like he was mad about like personal attacks that she tweeted or something. Um, <laughs> so you just call Bernie like Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. We love a Republican who watches The Office. Just like <laughs> Bernie's just like. I don't know how I'm supposed to take that. <laughs> Bernie Sanders is a walking, talking meme. I feel like he should have been better emotionally prepared to be referenced in this fashion. Honestly. And I mean, he memes himself like supposedly by accident all the time, but I feel like that's not possible. He has to. He had to know what he was doing when he came looking like like that to the inauguration. <laughs> Oh my god. Those gloves. Listen, home dog was cold. Home dog was cold. You know what I saw? I thought this was interesting. Jared, give me your thoughts on this. People were upset, right? The feminists jumped on that image because they said that a woman in government, in his position of power, could never show up to the inauguration looking like he didn't get away with it because women are so pressured to look polished all the time because of the, you know, gender-based double standards in society. Um, and people were like, it was kind of an attack on Bernie Sanders. I think people took it as, and they were like, he, he, the, the, he was cold. <laughs> um, and then they showed, um, pictures, at least one picture that I saw of a female politician dressed almost identically in the way that he was in a huge coat and mittens and saying like, look, see, like this person showed up. You get it. What do you think, Jerry? Uh, I feel like if you're cold, you should dress accordingly. <laughs> However, if it is a public eye and you were dressed silly, expect to be made fun of a little bit. That is the way this world works. Yeah, well, I was just wondering what you thought about the whole feminist lens, you know? I mean, I, I personally, in that context, do not agree. Because, like, 
I know I wouldn't be like, it's like, oh, you're not allowed to be warm. Like, what the fuck? I, like, yeah, I mean, I agree that it was silly. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm almost always on the side of, you know, critically examining gender inequality in society. But this is, this is one instance in which I was like, I don't know about, I don't know. Everybody relax. <laughs> it's a meme. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like, they're mittens. <laughs> Just mittens, mittens on a coat, and it was, you know, 26 degrees outside. On that note, so let's move on. Today is President's Day. Um, we are celebrating the long and interesting history of the position of commander-in-chief overseeing the country, one of the most powerful positions in the world. And we sure have had some interesting people in that position. Oh, my goodness, that <laughs> boy. <laughs> Recent years, especially. Recent years, especially. So, I mean, uh, when it comes to presidential history, there's an endless surfeit of things that we could do, that we could talk about. I found on the interwebs uh, this quiz on the Britannica that uh, I haven't taken this quiz before. I haven't seen it before. It's called the Weird U.S. Presidents Quiz, and I'm just I have a burning, searing curiosity, and I want to know how much we know here. In regards we to, are all going to take this quiz so that you can do to, at home. Don't have to. Right. You can just watch us take it. And you know what? If you think you can do better after you watch us take it and know all the right answers, you can take it yourself. But that's like cheating. It's the Britannica? The, no, the Britannica. Yeah, the Britannica.com slash quiz slash weird dash US dash presidents dash quiz. Yes, go. of course. You and you can take it right alongside us. Oh, it's time. Oh, here. I already started. Uh, okay. What did Richard uh, Nixon <laughs> add to the White House so he could practice his favorite sport at home? Uh, tennis bowling alley. What? I can't believe I don't bowling know this. No, I feel like he, no, no, I feel like he was a tennis guy. Um, tennis court, then. Oh, my God, Jerry. I told you the bowling alley. Jerry's, okay. Jerry's winning out over me at the moment. What toy was named what after toy? Theodore Roosevelt? Easy. A teddy bear. Of course. That's, that's a simple one. All right. What pet did Theodore Roosevelt's daughter, Alice, carry around as if it were a bracelet? Excuse me? A snake, presumably. I'm thinking it was a snake. Yeah. I. None of the other ones wrap around a wrist. I didn't know that either. What language did Herbert Hoover and his wife speak in the White House if they didn't want anyone else to understand them? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Italian. You think so? Italian feels right. right. I don't know this, so let's go with Italian. Nope, Mandarin. Wow. Mandarin. Okay. Herbert Hoover, I see you. I'm Galat. The saxophone! Okay, the, the, boy, question, play, play the, the question saxophone. is, what instrument did Bill Clinton play? And of course it was the saxophone. Everybody, well, Bill Clinton plays the sax. Uh, what was Willie McKinley's good luck charm? I know this one. What do you think, Jerry? The options uh, are... A carnation, a clover, a rabbit's foot, or a bracelet? I'm going with a rabbit's foot. Well, I can tell you that's incorrect. It was a carnation. It was, um, I think a little girl gave it to him. I can't remember if it was his wife or a little girl. Who was the first vice president to become president after a president's death? Ooh. Uh, it was not. The, the, the options are Andrew Johnson, John Tyler... Chester Allen, Arthur, Millard Fillmore. I'm pretty sure it was John Tyler. Yeah, after William Henry Harrison died from pneumonia. Oh, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Uh, what did Thomas Jefferson invent to make work more comfortable? Oh, this is a classic. The options are the standing desk, the swivel chair, the file cabinet, or the lap desk. Is it the swivel chair? It is the swivel chair, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. 
What sport did Abraham Lincoln excel at as a young man? I know this one too. Oh, Abraham Lincoln are, was a wrestler. Was a wrestling, yeah, wrestling, cricket, baseball, or horseback riding, and indeed he was a wrestler. And he used to carry like buckets of rocks around town just to. People envision him as like a, a weak, sinewy man, but he was pretty strong. Uh, how many presidents were born before the United States of America was a country? Oh. Uh, Uh, okay, I think I know. Five. Did you saw? Did you see me counting on my fingers? No, I was looking up to the sky and I was like, eight. Okay, so that'd be like oh, forty right. years. Well, the answer was eight. We got it wrong. Uh, what animal meant for dinner did Calvin Coolidge pardon and keep as a pet? A turkey. No, I'm sorry. It was his pet raccoon. What? <laughs> meant for dinner. Meant for dinner. Um, mm, I knew he had a dinner. pet raccoon, but I didn't know they were planning on eating it. Okay, who was the only U.S. president to serve two non-consecutive terms? I just told you this, Jerry. Uh, yeah, that was Cleveland. It was Grover Cleveland. Cleveland. Mr. Grover Cleveland. With Benjamin Harrison, I think, was in between the two terms. Um, whose chair did John Adams and Thomas Jefferson <laughs> vandalize to get souvenirs? <laughs> I actually know this one. The answers, um, the options are Ovid, George Washington, William Shakespeare, or King George III. Washington? No. <laughs> it's not. Was it? Was it Ovid? No. Was it King George? No. It was, really it was Shakespeare's chair? Yeah, they went to see his house and they, like, dismantled the chair legs to take home with them. Um, it almost certainly false rumor claims which president ran over an old woman with his horse or carriage. Oh my god, we just read about this. Uh, hmm. Who hmm. could it be? Could it be Franklin Pierce? Yeah, so they, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That, that'd be the one. I didn't. Well, the website posited that fact as if it was true. I this quiz has taught me that it is not, in fact, true. What was the name of Franklin D. Roosevelt's beloved dog? I, oh, I want one. it to be Spot. It's not. I really want it to be. It, it was it Alice. No. Georgie. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got eleven out of fifteen correct. I'm embarrassed. I really thought I would get a one hundred percent. I can no longer esteem myself a presidential scholar. Damn. Damn. That was, that was that was good. That was a fun five minutes. <laughs> Here's like, let's I thought look that at, would be a longer quiz. Let's look at how stuff works. Um, wait, am I sharing? Wait. Here, okay, we're going to do another quiz. Um, this one's a four-minute quiz, I think. Um, this president went on record claiming to have spotted a UFO. You can see it, right, Jerry? Yeah. Uh, that sounds like something Jimmy Carter might say. Not in those peanut fields. If I've seen something in the True. sky, I've been like, oh, that there was a UFO. I feel like it's something Gerald Ford would say, but we'll go with Jimmy Carter. Uh, you're right, Jerry. In 1973, President Carter filed a report with the National Investigations Committee on a Aerial Phenomena, in which he claimed to have spotted a UFO in 1969. He promised to reveal the truth about alien life when he entered the White House, but later clammed up on the subject. Ooh. Oh? That sounds very creepy. I don't know much about that, to be honest. Hear that, R? There might be aliens out there. Oh. They know about them. R was correct all along. Uh, uh yes, that's true. <laughs> well, wait, let me read it. <laughs> William, Taft, <laughs> William Taft got stuck in the White House bathtub, and of course, that's a very famous presidential fact. What? Oh, no, come on. Taft was... Okay, the quiz is telling us it's false. Um... 
Taft was a large man at 350 pounds, but the bathtub rumors are simply fiction. In fact, there's no way Taft got stuck in the tub, because as soon as he took office, he had one of the largest bathtubs on record installed in his presidential bathroom. It was big enough to fit four men comfortably and could easily fit a one-plus-size a one plus size Okay, no. so it's probably along the lines of, like, he got stuck in a bathtub before he took office or something like that, and then he was like, well, this bathtub's not going to be big enough. I mean, I, along but with the rest of the Taft world... Taft got stuck in a bathtub. I was pretty convinced that, indeed, while he was president, it was the White House bathtub, and because he had gotten stuck, they needed, like, a crane or something to lift him, like, to help him get out of it. And then, subsequently, he installed, like, a four-person bathtub, and that's why that came into existence. But it was because he had gotten stuck. But, okay, I don't know, maybe it's... F I, I was, like, 100% certain about Listen. that. Someone does not install a four-person bathtub unless they've been stuck in one before. Like, you cannot install well, a bigger bathtub until you know it's too small. I'm gonna have to look into this later. In his last words, John Adams name-dropped this fellow president. The, the options are George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Abraham Lincoln. I know this one. Thomas Thomas Jefferson. It was Thomas Jefferson. It's going to talk about how they died on the same day. Because didn't they have, like, some kind of... They had a very tumultuous kind of on-and-off friendship. Uh, they both happened to die on the same day within hours of each other. I think Thomas Jefferson died a few hours before John Adams did, and John Adams said, Thomas Jefferson lives. Those were his famous last words. It was July 4th, 1826. It's kind of tragic. That whole friendship between them is... Uh, Equal parts, uh, very interesting and kind of sad. Um, it was heavily examined. I mean, not heavily examined, but it was examined in the HBO John Adams series, which is one of my favorite American Revolutionary era. Was, like, was, was that the one where they like, where they like leak mail to one another and get posted in the papers? Was that that friendship, or was that a different friendship? They would leak mail to each other. What do you mean? Like, they would, like, send letters, but the letters would get leaked. Okay, well, so back was in that, this that time, um, when everything was so, communication was so heavily reliant on the postal system, it was kind of common for public figures to have their letters read by couriers and subsequently leaked into the papers. So a lot of times, what they would do was code each other's letters to one another and use numbers and things so that couriers wouldn't be able to understand. I, I don't know if Thomas Jefferson and John Adams did that. I know that Thomas Jefferson and James Madison did it a lot, and they were such consistent and close political collaborators, so it made sense. But there was, I think what the reason you're thinking of that is because there was an instance in which Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to somebody. I don't think it was Adams. I think it might have been a, a more obscure political figure like Edmund Randolph or something. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, and the letter basically like something to the effect of it likened George Washington to like um, a character in classical Greek mythology or something that was like a whore or something like quite offensive. You know, the analogy was mm. rather incisive. Um, and he chose not to code that. I think some people think that he wanted it to leak to the papers because he didn't have the chutzpah to address the problems he had with Washington's politics to Washington's face. So they ended up getting leaked into the papers. George Washington found out that Thomas Jefferson was shit-talking him that way, and their friendship took a hard nosedive, and, like, they never exchanged another letter. Like, it was already on the rocks, and that just completely ended it, and they were... Mm. 
they were uh, distant, to say the least. Gotcha. Until, you know, for the rest of their lives. Um, okay, which future president owned a bar? Actually, I don't know this one. Lyndon B. Johnson. So the options are Abraham Lincoln, Millard Fillmore, and Lyndon Johnson. I mean, I could see Lyndon jo- I could see any of them <laughs> owning a bar. I don't think it's Lincoln. It, it was either Fillmore or Johnson. And honestly, Fillmore just seemed a little bit too on the nose. Because, like, like, what's he going to do? Fillmore glasses? Like, uh, like come on. Uh, like, it's uh, a pun. His name's literally a pun, so it seemed Well, maybe that's why convenient. he owned the bar. It was in his... He inherited it. It was long in his family, and that's Welcome why... Welcome to the Fillmore Bar. We fill more than the other bars. Let's do Fillmore. <laughs> it was Abraham Lincoln. Oh, was damn Lincoln? it. I'm not that surprised. Okay, before he came the 16th president, Lincoln owned a bar in New Salem, Illinois, with his buddy William Barry. Oh, okay, I, I can see it. Opened in 1833, I'm... the establishment was called Barry and Lincoln. I knew Lincoln was my favorite president. Abraham Lincoln owned a bar. So this is this is what we're learning about Lincoln. He was a wrestler. He carried around buckets of rocks. He owned a bar with his buddy yeah. in the 1830s. Uh, Very cool. Harry, oh. Harry S. Truman doesn't actually have a middle name. That's gotta be true. They put the S right there. Uh, yes, I am confident that it is true. The S doesn't stand for anything. It's just an S. Um... Truman's S was simply a compromise when his parents couldn't decide what middle name to give the future 33rd president. That is such a small-town Missouri family thing to do to your child. Listen, my my great-great-grandfather made up a middle name to help him court a girl that he was interested in. Because he wanted to sound smart. I think he, yeah. And that's, that's the reason that my grandfather, great-grandfather dad and brother all have the middle name Albert is because my great my great grandfather or great great grandfather decided that he wanted to have a smart middle name so they chose Albert like Albert Einstein oh my god well okay interesting I would not personally have chosen that name to to woo anyway uh, which president appeared on the cover of Cosmopolitan as a young man? I don't know this for sure, but I have a feeling. But what do you think, Jerry? On cover of Cosmopolitan? I mean, we were looking at some young presidents earlier, and Barack Obama seemed like he could rock the cover of Cosmopolitan. I don't think it was Barack Obama. I was reading his biography the other day, and he didn't say anything about Cosmopolitan. But the, I feel like that would be first, noteworthy. The first guess I was going to do is Ford. I was thinking Ford, too, because I know he was very athletic uh, when he was young and was kind of known Good for that. Yep, it was Gary Ford. Ford. Gerald. Ford did some modeling in his younger days and appeared on the cover of Cosmopolitan in 1942 wearing his Navy uniform. There you go. Hmm. There you go. It's a shame that when he became president, which, by the way, um, I've said this before at least a couple times in this podcast, but he's not elected. Hold on. Before we get there, Jerry, don't say anything. Um... <laughs> He was not elected. He was a Speaker of the House. It was because Richard Dixon had resigned so that he wouldn't get impeached and convicted. And then Spiro Agnew resigned because he was also shady. So Gerald Ford became president and he was known for being sweaty and falling down. That's his legacy after, you know, such a such a shining youth. All right. So the reason that Jerry is laughing is because the next question is what what president vomited (laughs) on another world leader? I hate this. It's got to be George Bush Sr. Why? I don't know. I just have this feeling. I don't like this. This is like a nightmare. (laughs) I need to say I am rather emetophobic. I 
constantly am concerned about people doing this. Like, constantly, it's in the forefront of my mind all the time when I see important things being recorded, important political meetings, anything like that. I'm like, God, I hope somebody doesn't just get sick all over the place right now. Like, it is actually something that... You must be pretty happy about the masks, then. You don't worry about projectile, at least. uh, I I feel like that makes it... I I don't know. I I don't know. All right, let's see. Oh, no <laughs> it was Bush. The first president Bush was attending a state dinner in Japan when he vomited. A- no, I hate that. What? Wait, hold on. What were they eating? I don't. I don't. I gotta. I, I Jerry, stop for time. I gotta look into this. Oh my god, I don't know if I can, I'm so entranced! Is it on? Oh, is there a video? Oh, there's a video! There's a video! Wait, I don't think I can watch this, because if I see people get sick, I get sick. Wait, I just want to... Oh no! No! Just the, the just the thumbnail image is enough for me. Are there comments? <laughs> it is... Uh, the only comment this is on abcnews.go.com and the only comment on this video is typical fake leftist news all those years ago it was bush's own fault sure nothing has changed among the deep pom-pom waivers called journalists bruh he vomited like i'm not who's fault i don't think they've is it a question of who's Somebody made Bush vomit. Like, what do you... Yeah, what does the he think... Is, what does he think oh happened? God. The Democrats The left was him? off camera. It, the left was off camera with a, a sound wave manipulator that made George Bush's stomach upset. Look, is somebody... In this pictures I'm seeing on Google Images, somebody... People were, like, covering his face with a cloth. This is so tragic. I can't believe people don't think oh, about this. No. People don't talk about it. Nope, I don't like it. Uh-uh. Moving on. <laughs> That's awful. I didn't know that. I can't believe I didn't know that. That's so bad. Oh, that's so funny. Like, what I don't, were they eating? I obviously am not a big fan of the Bushes or their politics, you know. Um, general high government, you know. I, 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 let me make it clear. But I feel bad for anybody in that situation. Just about anybody. Maybe not everybody, but... My empathy can't handle that. Just about. Um, Next question. What sport did the younger George Bush participate in while in high school? I actually, I know this one. I want to say track. I I want to say cheerleading, but I think it was track. I want to, you know what? I'm sticking (laughs) with my guts. I think it's cheerleading. So for the listeners, the options are hockey, cheerleading, and track. Jerry, what if I told you it was cheerleading? I'd be very happy. It It is, actually. (laughs) Bush was the head cheerleader during his year at the exclusive Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts. Listen. Yeah. Respect. Um, I heard that cheerleading as a sport was different culturally back then, or it was socially viewed in a different light, and it wasn't as feminized i guess you could say as it is now so it wasn't as outrageous for boys to participate in that sport and it and in, of course to be mm-hmm. clear it shouldn't be outrageous you should be able to do whatever you want in high school yeah um but it wasn't it, it wasn't I, seen I, as weird you know the, the 
the reason I had that reaction is because I don't know what young George Bush looks like. So my brain immediately implanted old George Bush. Like... <laughs> oh, yes and no. I, you wouldn't want to picture it that way. Look, here he is. <laughs> with his big old... Damn, he was kind of... Ooh. He was kind of cute. He's so goofy looking to me as an old man, but when he was... When he was younger, he was kind of cute. Look at that. I just, I'm sorry, I pictured old George Bush, like, flipping around and shit in the air. Uh, <laughs> and it was very funny for my brain to process. Can you imagine? damn tabs, I think. I know, leave you alone. I have... I'm, 15. I'm... You have 22 tabs open! Listen, I love myself, but I don't like the way that I am. Okay. What kind of pet did William Henry Harrison have while in the White House, you know, for the 30 days that he was there? Harry. No, we just talked about this. Remember when I, I kind of said it passively before we started? Did you? I did. I mean, it was very quick, so I can understand you not, like, processing it, but I... I remember you saying somebody got mauled by a parrot. No, that, no that, was, <laughs> that was James Madison. <laughs> that was his wife's pet parrot. Was it a monkey? No, it was a goat. It was the goat. During his one-month stint as president in 1841, Harrison kept both a pet goat and a pet cow for company. Listen, goats and cows are adorable, and they're huh. so smart. I mean, uh, goats aren't the most intelligent, but cows are pretty freaking smart, and they're so cute. Okay, I happen to know this one, too, because I looked at it just before we got started. Not the quiz, but I was looking, looking at a list of facts, and this was on there. Which president married his teacher? The options are Millard Fillmore, Millard Fillmore try again, Zachary Taylor or Richard Nixon? I think it was Zachary Taylor. It was not. It was. Do you want me to tell you? Do you want to guess between the other two? Was it Fillmore? It was, yeah. 13th President Millard Fillmore married Abigail Powers, his former teacher, in 1826. Pretty weird. Okay. Which, yeah, just a little bit. Which president had a pet parrot named Paul? It's P-O-L-L. -L. The options are... We talked about James Madison having a parrot, but he's not one of the options. Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, or Herbert Hoover. I actually am not sure about this. Hoover. Oh, oh, the name was Paul. That's the word Paul. Why did I... Did I say... I said Paul. 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 P-O-L-L. Hoover is my guess. I think it was Hoover. Hoover. I want to say Thomas Jefferson. Um, watch it be Andrew Jackson. I don't know. Which one? Ah, we'll say Hoover. Uh, we'll say Hoover. It was Andrew Jackson. Look, I said it had to be Andrew Jackson. We were both wrong. Andrew Jackson's beloved bird, Pole, had a pot. Oh, yeah, he taught it to curse. I forgot about that. Fuck. <laughs> I knew that. Um, Had a potty mouth that had to be removed from the commander-in-chief's funeral when he started swearing up a storm in front of the mourners. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. This quiz is so much better. This is better than the last one. This is ridiculous. Alright, um, what was the name of Herbert Hoover's German Shepherd? And the options are, are Buddy, Dog, and King Tut. I want it to be Dog. I think it's King Tut. That's so funny. King Tut is the one that doesn't belong, so we'll go with that one. It was King Tut. Good job, Jerry! Herbert Hoover was the proud owner of a dog named King Tut, while his son Alan brought his two pet alligators to the White House with him. Okay, Herbert Hoover. Let's say okay, Herbert Hoover spoke Mandarin to his wife so that nobody could understand them, and owned two alligators in the White House. What an interesting individual. 
The versatility. Um, okay. Next question. True or false, there has never been a bachelor as president. I know the answer to this one. I think that's true. Um, I think it's false. I'm pretty sure James Buchanan was a bachelor when he became president and then got married while he was president. Let's see. Um, yes. Okay. Only one president throughout history never married. Oh, he never married? What? I thought he got married. I think, okay, maybe I'm thinking of Grover Cleveland. Somebody got married in the White House. May have been Grover Cleveland, but I think Grover Cleveland, I don't know. Okay, apparently he was engaged, um, but never married. I don't know if you know this, Jerry, but there are some rumors, and this has never been confirmed, of course, and we'll never know for sure, but a lot of historians think that James Buchanan was actually gay. It was a closeted gay man. Um, but he was known to frequent uh, brothels in his youth. I'm not sure if he did that while he was president, but it was something that he definitely did in his life. A lot of people think he was a sexually frustrated gay man. Interesting. We'll never know for sure. He was said to have, not that this matters, there's plenty of gay people that don't conform to any kind of, you know, rubric or stereotype, but he was said to have, uh, you know, effeminate mannerisms and things like that. And I think that contributes to why some historians think that he might have been gay. Um, Lincoln was a legend at this sport before he became president. Okay, so we know this already. We did that in the last quiz. He was a legend? I think he was a, like a local legend, you know? Oh, he only lost one match in his 12-year wrestling career. Amazing. He was beat by Hank Thompson. Ugh, Hank. Ugh, that stupid idiot Hank. Gross. What did Lyndon Johnson use as a desk chair in the Oval Office? The options are... Hold on, was Lyndon... Yeah? Was Lyndon Johnson a veteran? Um, um, um... He served in the military. Let me find out. Was Lyndon Johnson in... I feel like I could easily see that. Was appointed a lieutenant commander in the U.S. Naval Reserve on June 21st, 1940. Okay, so it looks like he was in the Navy, according to Wikipedia. I'm going to go with the helicopter seat, then. But the Navy is the ocean. Yeah, but they have helicopters on the... I mean, yeah, the Navy has airframes. Yeah. Uh... I'm going to go with helicopter seat. I feel like it's red leather recliner, but that's not as weird. We can say helicopter seat. You're right, Jerry. You're doing better than I would have done on my own. Um, Lyndon Johnson was such a fan of flying that he used a vinyl helicopter seat as his desk chair in the Oval Office. In other weird Johnson news, the president was famous for dragging people into the bathroom with him. Oh, God. Uh, So he didn't have to stop talking while taking care of business. Yeah, I forgot that he used to make people watch some shit. What a fucking horrible i what a power move no it's awful i really hate well, it's Johnson. awful but what a power move i'm telling you he knew that jk was gonna get killed i'm telling you he was a part of that okay which president won the award for quote most nearly perfect male figure end quote in college the options are john f kennedy george bush senior ronald reagan wow we got three studs up here jerry i don't know uh, reagan this is a tough one Reagan was literally a model. Um, no, you're thinking of um. I mean, he was on television. He? He, was a, he was an actor. I think you're thinking. You're, of an Ger- actor. you're thinking of Gerald Ford. He was the model. Yeah, Ford was a model, but Reagan, I feel like, would be. <sighs> I feel like that's too obvious, but I don't know, so we can go with that. I, I feel like you're hovering Kennedy there. See, well, you hovering well, Kennedy. I feel like here's the thing. 
it feels like it would be Kennedy and Reagan because they were both known to be, you know, dashing. But George well, Bush Sr., I feel like, would be the what guy. What did he look like? What, yeah, what, 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 what did he look like? We can in look up George school? Bush Sr. real quick. Right, in so. college. We're not getting creepy here. It's college. George H.W. Bush college picture. Let's see. Oh. I don't know. I think we can... I don't know. <laughs> You're like, we can roll around. Uh, his head pretty long. <laughs> he got like got a that horse head face. going on. He has the tic-tac head. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my God. His head really is shaped exactly like a tic-tac. Y'all. Uh, I'm sticking with my Reagan guess. <laughs> he was a, he looks like he wants to murder somebody. He's a baseball. He looks like that kid that you're friends with in high school just in case. <laughs> You know? It really does. <laughs> Watch it be him. Watch it be him. I chose. Okay, it was Ronald Reagan. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. He was a model. He was oh. a nude model. Reagan spent some time as a nude model posing for art students. Okay, so not that kind of model, but he posed for art students at the University of California. In return, the school awarded him the most perfect. Okay, hold on. Stand by. Fucking. Oh. Oh. Oh, see, look, he was in his undies. Probably for the picture. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could be right. Ronald Reagan uh, was a broad-shouldered man. He had that good Dorito shape, you know? All right. Good Dorito shape. Upside down. You, you know what I mean? The triangle. The, the coveted <laughs> triangle silhouette. Um, the New York Times called this president, quote, the most unpopular man that has ever held any office in the u.s the options are john tyler james madison and john abs okay i don't know this for sure my impression is that it is either john tyler or john adams um john adams was unpopular throughout his entire political career so many people hated him but john tyler was also unpopular because he succeeded uh to the presidential office after the death of william henry harrison and he would not work harmoniously with either of the parties so he was called the president without a party and he was very controversial because of that so i could easily see it be being either of them but i think it was john adams i want to say john adams nope it was john ah oh. uh, god damn it okay well we made a good educated guess john tyler was not well liked according to this is the website gives us a little blip um and the new york times really let him have it when they published his obituary in 1862 damn Yo, they're talking about this guy after he died after he died the cruelty that, that's some bitch shit new york times at least talk shit about him while he's alive goodness gracious me which president oh classic okay which president died after consuming a large quantity of cherries the options are rover cleveland zachary taylor and james buchanan I like how, this is not important, but I like how in this question, they spelled Taylor O-R, and in a previous question, they spelled Taylor with an E-R. <laughs> Consistency. Was it Buchanan? It was not Buchanan. I, I know was confidently. It nope, it was Zachary Taylor. He was... I'm so bad at these one ones! One of the earlier presidents. Um, I think he was James Madison's distant cousin, just incidentally, and he got, like, cholera or some kind of digestive disease shortly after drinking a lot of milk and eating a lot of cherries on a hot summer day and he died afterwards 
Let's see what the blip says. Gulped out a bunch of cherries and milk at a July 4th event in 1850. He went home and died shortly after. And doctors still aren't sure what caused his death after just 16 months in office. So he really didn't have a lot of time to do anything. Uh, okay, which president was ambidextrous? The, the answers are James Garfield, Abraham Lincoln, and Herbert Hoover. I wouldn't be surprised if it was I've, Hoover at this point, but I think it was Garfield. Yeah, honestly. I want to say it was Garfield, too, because I haven't seen Garfield at any point during this. But watch, it's going to be like, Hoover often signed to his his wife in Mandarin. With his left hand. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I know that it's Garfield. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. James Garfield could not only use both hands equally well, but was also able to write in Greek with one hand and Latin with the other hand at the same time. James Garfield... Um, I don't know too much about that particular president, but what I do know is that he, I, we talked about this a few episodes ago. He loved lasagna and hated No, no, no. Lies. Jerry, hey, hushity hush. Um, tragically, he was shot in an attempted assassination by somebody who I think anticipated getting a job favor from him, but then that fell through, so he was angry, so he tried to kill him, you know, on a regular Tuesday. Um uh-huh. And then James Garfield recuperated, like he, he was, a, he didn't die instantly. He was in the hospital for a while afterwards, but he was in the care of some extremely incompetent doctors. What I heard is, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I have heard, um, specifically from Daniel O'Brien, who works for Cracked and was the author of How to Fight the Presidents. And he talked about how not only were the doctors incompetent, but this was like the onset of metal detection technology. So they thought they were being intelligent by using a metal detector to try and find the bullet so that they could extract it from his body um and the metal detector kept going off so they kept prodding at his insides and stuff and like really messing around in there they were using unclean surgical tools and stuff like everything that was going that could have gone wrong was going wrong and no matter how often the metal detector went off they couldn't find it so they poked and prodded in there so much and it caused a lot of health complications you know infection and and all that unpleasant stuff um and then it was later concluded that the reason the metal detector kept on going off was because the bed frame was made out of metal so my man james garfield really took an l and we're so sorry okay uh next question how many presidents have earned a phd the options are one three and nine we have to think about this i'm going for three I feel like it's just one. I'd be shocked if it were nine. Nine seems like far too many. But I don't... If if it is one, I don't know which one. Alright. We can go with three. Nope, it was just... I was right. Um, Woodrow Wilson. 20th President Woodrow Wilson was the only president to ever hold a PhD. Wilson picked up his degree in government history from John Hopkins University of Baltimore. Oh my god, my college is like one mile away from John Hopkins University. I've been, like, on that campus before. I, th- I think I applied there, too. All right. Um, next question. Richard Nixon survived an assassination attempt, true or false? Did he survive? Did he? I feel like people probably tried to kill Nixon. I mean, I know, I mean, Ronald Reagan survived an assassination attempt. Teddy Roosevelt survived an assassination attempt. I don't know about Richard Nixon, though. I've... I don't think so. I kind of think that's wrong. But okay. any, 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 no, you were right, Jerry. Samuel Bick attempted to hijack a plane and fly it into the White House to kill Nixon in 1974. He was stopped from 
taking the plane, but he did kill two people in the process. That's crazy. I probably, if I did know about that, I completely forgot. That is crazy. That's an insane story. Uh, in the case of Reagan and Teddy Roosevelt, those stories are similar because they were both shot. I, I think Teddy Roosevelt wasn't even president when it happened. I think he was on the campaign trails, you know, uh, delivering a speech and then he got shot and then finished the speech while he was bleeding out. <laughs> Uh, and then was taken to the hospital and treated. And then Ronald Reagan was taken to the hospital immediately. And he famously said to the doctors, I hope you're all Republicans. And then they, they treated him and he pulled through. Um, and and I, don't, I'm not, I don't remember who shot Teddy Roosevelt, but Ronald Reagan was shot by somebody who was trying to impress an actress. Pretty lame. Okay. Which president lost the White House China in a poker game? <laughs> oh, God. The options are James Monroe. George Washington or Warren Harding? I mean, this sounds like Warren Harding. A Warren Harding. I was, thing. I was thinking Harding too. <laughs> this just sounds like a Harding thing. Uh, James Monroe. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if it's it was not George Washington. Washington. There's no. There wasn't a White House when Washington was president. Jerry, you're right. Jerry, you are so intelligent. I am impressed by you every week. Okay, let's say Warren Harding. Yes, we got it. Okay, Harding was a big gambler and played poker twice a week. Unfortunately, the 29th president didn't always win, as evidenced by his loss of a set of a White House China in the 1920s. I wonder where that China is now. I'd like to know. Could be in China, for all we know. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay, this is an easy one. Who was the smallest president? The options are Washington, Madison. Polk, and Madison. It was, of course, it was Madison. 5-4. 100 pounds. Fourth president, James Madison, who served 1809 to 1817, weighed just 100 pounds and stood five feet four inches tall. Some people say that, and I know Richard Brookheiser is really adamant about this. Some people say that he was five foot six. That's the tallest I've ever seen his height reported um, because I think he had a secretary during his presidency. I don't remember the young man's name, but that person wrote a little description of James Madison, and I think he said that Madison was five foot six. Uh, I don't know if there's any other official, like, written report about his physical stats. I think the reason a lot of historians say that he's five foot four is because there are so many descriptions of James Madison is when at a time when we didn't have the commodification of visual imagery to describe people we had portraits and that was it and they were rare there was no photographs videos obviously or anything so the way people knew what each other looked like in posterity and in letters was by describing people so there were a lot of descriptions of a lot of people and so many people said things like james madison is could fit in a bread box he's no bigger than a bar of soap he's a tiny man they called him little jemmy they called him you know all kinds of derisive things in reference to his height and five foot six was short uh, hamilton was about five six for example but it wasn't that short, <laughs> so I feel like to justify all of the comments about how small he was, you kind of have to think that he was five foot four. And I think that his secretary might have said five foot six, either to flatter him or uh, because you know the European measuring systems were a little bit different, and that's there were some discrepancies in the way people measure things there at the time, and that's why a lot of people say Napoleon was so short, when in reality he was about five foot six. So that's, sorry, I just went on a long tangent about mm -hmm. how tall James Madison was, but I'm just like, I, I don't know, for some reason I thought about it a lot. I don't know what to say for myself. Okay. How many public speeches did Jefferson give during these eight years as commander-in-chief? The options are two, 12, and 200. I have a feeling about this one, but what do you think, Jerry? Two. I think it's two. Thomas Jefferson 
Some people say he had a stutter. I don't think that's 100% confirmed. I don't think he was ever diagnosed officially and medically with any speech impediment, but he hated public speaking. He was very awkward. He hated being scrutinized. So I have a feeling it was just two. Yep. Okay. There you go. Many suspect that Jefferson, who gave just two speeches total during his two terms as president, had a speech impediment or a fear of public speaking. So look, look at me giving a little. All right. Which president, next question, which 20th century president famously required the White House staff to remain invisible? Excuse me? That's gotta be Hoover. What? I don't understand. Which 20th century president famously required the White House staff to remain invisible? The what? It's gotta be Hoover. What does this mean? Jerry, what does it mean? Remain invisible? I imagine it means to stay out of sight. Like... Like, I want, don't want you to be seen, but honestly, Hoover's just so out there that maybe he literally just asked them to do that to see what their reaction would be. He's not that out there. What do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, the whole Mandarin. Yeah, but. Hoover? Yeah. How was he out there? He, he was. He, he had some quirks. But asking. I'm not saying he was, like, insane. I'm just saying, like, between Clinton, Roosevelt, or Hoover, I think it was Hoover. I think it was Roosevelt because he didn't want people to see how the assistance he was receiving because of the polio. Uh, oh, I can't right, imagine. Right. It's probably Roosevelt. Let's see. Let's find out. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, oh, shit, what, the the fuck? what the fuck? What the shit? All right. Let's see how the website explains this. I'm so confused. Hoover was tough on his staff. The 31st president expected his staff to remain invisible, forcing them to, to, y'all, forcing him to hide in closets if they were surprised by the president or his family while tending to their duties. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I didn't know that. That's so weird. I told you it was Hoover. I said it was Hoover. Okay. And you were like, no, it's I not had, Hoover. Yeah, shut up, you. I had a reasonable, like, explanation to suspect that it was Franklin Roosevelt. Who the fuck? I had a hunch. <laughs> Jerry, you would do better on this quiz without me. Okay. Next question. This president married a woman less than half his age in 1886. The options are Grover Cleveland, Abraham Lincoln, and Theodore Roosevelt. I'm pretty sure it's Cleveland. Um, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland had some marital, like, issues that were known in the public eye. He supposedly fathered an illegitimate child, and it was a big issue. Let's see. Yes, okay. Growing up, Francis Folsom called his friend's father, Grover Cleveland, Uncle Cleve. When she was 21, she married the 49-year-old president at the White House. I hate that. Yeah, that's gross. Um, uh, I don't know the marital situations of all 46 of the presidents, but I know that James Madison also, when he was in his 40s, married 20-something-year-old uh, Dolly Payne Todd. That's just so weird. Sorry, y'all. Age is not just a number <laughs> to me. But... You know, whatever. Okay, next question. Which president famously lost the nuclear launch codes? Jesus Christ. The options are... It's gotta be Bush. The options are Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush. I mean, George W. Bush is the obvious answer here. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I mean, it was Bill Clinton. What? No. All right, well, you know what? Bill Clinton may have lost the nuclear launch coast, but at least he didn't vomit on the Japanese prime minister. Okay, the website says... I don't think says, it was W, was it? 
and no, it was HW. You're right, but you know, association. Yeah, he he. I think Bill left him on uh, Monica right. Lewinsky's desk. Let me uh, let me rephrase. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna leave that one alone. Let me rephrase what I said. At least his father didn't vomit on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the little blip says. 42nd President Bill Clinton lost the biscuit, slang for the secret codes required to order, launch, confirm, or stop a nuclear attack. Well, if it's if we all know that it's biscuit, it's not secret, is it? Maybe they change it. Maybe they change it, like, every six months. Okay. Who is the first president to live in the White House? This is easy. The options are George Washington, John Adam. Adams, or Thomas Jefferson. It was, in fact, John Adams. Second president, John Adams, was the first commander-in-chief to live in the White House. His move was delayed a bit in 1800, when he and his wife got lost in the woods uh, while traveling to the famous residence. Oh, no! Oh, no! Abigail must have been so ornery. I could see her just yelling uh, was was she also which was the wife who like went back in to get like a piece of art oh um that was dolly first Madison lady was that? When, the, that was dolly. when the british and canadians came to burn the white house down in 1814 august 24th <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah but abigail adams she was iconic she was very um austere in a lot of ways i feel like she wouldn't have been very agitated by this Okay, um, which 15th president? What? 15th president? Well, you just told us who it is. That's James Buchanan. Why would you say that? The question is phrased, which 15th president? What do you mean? Okay, which 15th president slept in the hall of the White House to make more room for guests? What do you mean, which 15th? There's only one 15th president. Are they expecting you to not know which one was the 15th? I wouldn't know who the 15th Why would they was. I would have known... I would have known it wasn't Lincoln, because I think Lincoln was the 16th. He was. James so Buchanan I would have had a 50 50 chance. They just gave it away in the question. What the fuck? Okay, okay, apparently. I, see, I wouldn't have been sure about it if it wasn't for that. That's so dumb. Buchanan, who held the POTUS position from 1857 to 61, was a great host. He slept in the hallway of the White House, so there would be enough room for the Prince of Wales and his traveling companions when he visited the U.S. in 1860. Damn, what a nice guy. It sure is a shame that he just told South Carolina they could just leave whenever they wanted and, like, ended up being a primary linchpin in the onset of the Civil War. Gee, that sure sucks that most people think he was the worst president ever because of that. Anyway. Mm. Okay. Which president was known for his piano prowess? The options are Kennedy, Johnson, and Truman. I don't know. I don't know this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised Kennedy. if it was Kennedy, but I, I would only be surprised if it was Johnson. I could also see Harry Truman learning to play piano. I think it was Kennedy because he wanted to play ch- piano at church. Okay, let's see. No, it was Truman. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Truman spent two hours a day practicing piano during his youth. The skill paid off in 1945 when Hollywood starlet Lauren uh, Bacall, Bacall, not sure, Bacall, Bacall tra- draped herself atop Truman's piano as he played. Ooh, Mr. Harry, you were a married man. Somebody tell Bessie. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's the quiz. Um, we got a 70%. The website says you're a true expert. You got 21 out of 30. You scored better than 69% of quiz takers. Jerry, at least we're in the top half percentile. <laughs> I learned... Almost top... We were almost in the top 70th. It was crazy. <laughs> All right. But with that, we are also out of time. We're I learned, I learned a few new things. I hope that you all did as well.
Indeed. Yeah, that was very interesting. Um, I don't think I'll ever be able to get the image of George H.W. Bush vomiting on the Japanese Prime Minister out of my head. I think I, you know what, the more I think about it, I think I did know that. I think I was aware, and I completely blocked it out of my brain, because that epitomizes so much of what I fear in day-to-day life. Like, I can't handle that imagery, sincerely. Um, so I'm probably going to forget all about it again. That's just uh, one of my worst, one of my biggest nightmares, seriously. <laughs> Especially if there's cameras. I could not be worse. You're the most powerful oh man in the God. world. You're being recorded. You're meeting one of the other most powerful men in the world. And you choose <laughs> that time of all time to just Ralph. No way. How unfortunate. That's like one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to a person. Oh my Mo- god. Y'all, y'all, moment of silence. Read my lips. Don't vomit on the Japanese Prime Minister. Jerry, that's a political joke because George W. Bush was famous for saying read my lips. Read my lips. No new taxes. Yeah. Yes. Jerry, I'm so I proud know of you. that one. I'm so proud of you. Oh my goodness. But right. I think we have to say our truth, our truth lies now. Yep. You unprepared liar, you. Oh. oh, I got it. I got it. Okay, my thing was that I attempted to eat a light bulb. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think that's true. I think that's a lie. I think you just lied right to my face. I, I, yeah, no, I, I never tried to eat a light bulb. I never did that. Why would I do that? <laughs> it would be really silly. It's, Some people yeah. have done it. And Yeah. Uh, listen, people have tried to eat everything in this world. True. But yeah, uh, mine was that I squirted a bottle of Windex in my mouth. I don't, I don't, I don't think you did that. I don't think you did that. Because listen, if you had said I accidentally I drank Windex, like, because it was in a bottle or so it was stored in a weird way, I could see you making that mistake thinking it was Gatorade or something. Why? It was, it was a spray bottle, clearly a cleaning of, like, why would you do that? You did? Because I was, I was four. <sighs> you dumb I, I thought it would be tasty. Oh my god. <laughs> listen, it was bright blue and I was just like, huh. <laughs> And squirted it in my mouth. I only did it once, so like I kept squirting it. But I'm so glad that Tide Pods didn't exist when you were a little child. Oh, I would have eaten them. I ate soap. I drank shampoo. I'd stick literally anything up my nose. I can't uh, believe you're still alive. I'm glad I you're was... with us. It's kind of a miracle, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So this is, this is a good episode. Um, happy President's Day. Let's keep it, um, keep our celebrations with an appropriate and healthy amount of critique. <laughs> let's let's hold our commanders in chief at the utmost standard, and when it is time to condemn, we do condemn wholeheartedly. To to to, to, to quote famously the, the Gold Boys, you know. I don't know that one. Yeah, that's fine. That one. Uh, it's okay. It's alright. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more sense of the uncommon variety. I'm Aime. I'm Jerry. Bye.